It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussin' and a discussin' with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 29th day of January, 2024. This is the Horn, head-on.live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between and the great globe round. And ah, whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, pretty please leave a comment. Tell your friends and neighbors what an amazing thing is going on here and has been going on for almost 20 years. Marcy's sakes, we are under a week away from the 20th anniversary of this little attempt at broadcasting, and that just blows my mind. But at any rate, if you're listening live, uh, pop by the chat room if you never have before. Great gang in there. Uh, at this point in time, it's uh, the early arrivers. They're Irish Dave and Squeaky and Theo. Hello, gentlemen. And capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist extraordinaire, Roger, in Oregon. There's Anatole popping by. Hey, Anatole. Oh, hi, I'm Robin, and every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. This program is no different, and so consequently we say thank you to our 29th, 28th, and 27th day of the month subscribers and contributors over at PayPal. Uh, so, of course, uh, there's no, there, we have no subscribers on the 29th. But thank you to Suman. Thank you to Suman yesterday. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so very much to Charlene in Rogues Island. And uh, uh, thank you to Maggie. Uh, just met Maggie over the weekend. And um, she listened to her first show. That would be Maggie in Morgantown. Or Mon County, and it's great to it's great to have another mountaineer among the among, among the uh, Horn family community congregation. Thank you so much. So, 
Uh, here's where we stand trying to uh, close the month of January to the good. <sighs> yeah. Um, we are at $1,210 to get uh, get caught up because we've got basically we are $310 in the hole counting the ne- and then the next three days of January. So that's uh, $10 of last Thursday and all of last Friday. And maybe that's a good goal for us to try to establish. You know, for the evening. But the, the PayPal button's over at HeadOn.Live for anybody who'd like to help. If you're new to the program, please understand we don't run any ads here. We're not selling any stupid beats. We're not pushing any Bose Wave radios or uh, probiotic vitamins or encouraging you to buy gold now. There's better, never been a better time to buy gold, all while lounging on your Mr. Meth Pillow Methdress developed. Foam, uh, foam developed by NASA and designed in, well, designed in the head of a former crack addict. Former doing a lot of work there these days. None of that's there. And for 20 years, this program has run on the kindness and determination of a community that recognizes how how unique what happens here really is. So if you'd like to help out, thanks so much in advance. And uh, Brother Deacon Asa has let me know that the packets are passing. The stream is streaming. Uh, Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, That's Curious Ralphs. Why would the DOJ... Well, um... Okay. The DOJ has issued a subpoena ducus tecum to the sergeant at arms for the House of Representatives. Sounds like uh, they might, uh, it sounds like the feds think that uh, the sergeant of arms may have something uh, of interest to a criminal prosecution. Yes. Uh, yes, Stephen, New York, I am live. It is the 29th day of January, and happy birthday wishes go out to our dear sister, Miss Cynthia, in the Bay Area. It's also um, someone very special to me's birthday. And uh, Sorry. Uh, we're starting with the uh, pregnant pauses again. Oh, give me just a second.
At, at, at any rate, happy birthday, um, uh, Cynthia. And happy birthday to a dear friend of mine who is gone but not forgotten. And happy birthday to... Sorry, that was a little awkward, but I'm just trying to figure out how to word something, and I don't necessarily know how to word it anymore. It was a weird weekend here in Mount Colby gone. Uh, I ran out for groceries and saw a car I recognized and stopped in to say hello to a couple of people at Maggie's and found out I have competition in my primary. He filed by mail. I filed in person. You can do either way. And uh, proceeded to sit down and wanted to talk everything through. And then, oof. misgendered me at least a half a dozen times, probably closer to a dozen. And it got to where it felt like it was on purpose. And it was just ugh, gross. Came home, told Annette about it, and she was just shocked and horrified. Anyway, alligator hide. But it just seemed so dumb and so contrived. And out of all that, got a little handsy. I still get the cringes. Sorry about that. But anyway, it's more in Monday. And we have a wealth of information to work with. And we have dead U.S. service members in that shithole portion of the world. And as... Uh, Ralphs points out, the God's Army Freedom Convoy. Oh, really? Uh, has apparently fizzled. Uh, Vice News had the story earlier today. They were headed for the southern border, but see the and and look, this is this is a direct outgrowth of the events of January sixth, twenty twenty one. Because those uh, a lot of those treasonous asses have been prosecuted. 
And so now the maggots have a bit of a case of the, uh, well, you know, you get hold of this wrong strain of weed and instead of relieving pain and letting you relax, you get the paranoids. And they've got the paranoids. They left Virginia Beach, Virginia, last Monday. Organizers promising there would be a convoy. Looks like we got us a convoy at 10-4 Rubber Duck. The organizers said, oh, we're going to have 700,000 trucks. And, uh, well... Uh, at best, they had a few dozen, and they've dwindled along the way. Yeah. And in large part, it's because people are saying that the convoy is not really a bunch of God-loving, freedom-loving merc and patriots. But as instead, well, it's the whole Admiral Akbar thing all over again. That's a trap. Or that it is a psyop. Or a honeypot. Never heard a trucker convoy referred to as a honeypot before, but... Oh, well. Over on Telegram, the Russian-owned and created uh, messaging platform, where lots and lots and lots of maggots love to chat, where... Glad Pooty can watch him. Uh, one of these Lulus said, I have three former associates doing lengthy prison sentences because of the of the January 6th setup. I know firsthand, even if they don't have charges they can pin on you, they'll make some up. Well, see, that's the thing. None of the charges from January 6th were made up. That was just plain old-fashioned, homegrown domestic terrorism. And with any luck, it'll be a long time before some of those lengthy prison sentences are served. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the goober who put this together, or helped put it together, uh, is named Pete Chambers. And he's actually a former military officer of some sort which means he could be recalled to service for solely for the purpose of court-martialing his ass which probably should happen and so it was that Pete Chambers um put out a video with a message to FBI agents. They start going after these people trying to trap them. You're going to be found out. Um, FBI agents generally do get found out. They're not particularly into the clandestine business. Oh, sure, they'll run a dumbass sting from time to time. But mostly, they walk around saying, Hi, we're from the FBI. 
Chambers went on and said, There's too much momentum on the other side, bros. Just let it go. Stop working for that entity. They're just going to tear you down. They're going to use you like a Kleenex, just like they did to me. And when you begin... When you begin your project, your plan, your operation, and it's made up of uh, influencers from the cue ball community, as well as a bunch of uh, anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, and you uh, tell them that you're putting together the army of God... Well, it may not. You may not get the seven hundred thousand truckers you think you, you you have. I'd be curious. I don't know if Clarence is listening this evening, but Clarence drives truck all over the country, and I would be terribly curious, Clarence, if you are listening, uh, to know if you heard any chatter about all this. White folks tomfoolery. Now, one individual named Christina Holbrook, who goes as thought criminals and is the admin for the Texas Telegram channel for the convoy, said, No, we are not militia friendly. Well, why does Christina Holbrook hate hate the precious, uh, beautiful Second Amendment? The term Vice News used was fedsurrection. Um, maybe it wasn't last week. I could. I, mean, I think I read that wrong. Uh, apparently, by noon today, after a few hours on the road, Vice writes, the convoy had amassed just a few dozen participants, primarily men over the age of 60. Probably should have had the word white in there, too, y'all. Uh, they're going to stop in Jacksonville, Florida. And then I guess they're going to run I-10 all the way to Texas. They're rallying in Eagle Pass, Texas, Yuma, Arizona, and San Isidro, California. Yeah, go figure. So I don't know if they're going to go out. It remains to be seen if Meal Team 6 will arrive and take up positions with their with their, their pockets bulging with cheeseburgers. I'm sorry, hamburgers. Have to have to use language, the language of their god emperor, which they will understand.
uh, they were desperate to try to say it's not going to be. Uh, listen, when J6 happened, that's D.C. That has nothing to do with the United States. It's its own continent. This is a whole different ballgame. We're out of out in our country, not a foreign territory. Each state and country has been strategically thought through. But then, of course, there's always a jackass. Listen, we need to be bringing our own zip ties so we can arrest anybody we think is instigating. Uh, basically, makeshift cuffs and put them in timeout. Oh, wait, that was a woman. Maybe that was Christina. You can't fight them. You know they're paid fed or paid actor. I'm constantly amazed by the world of social media influencers. So there's one channel on YouTube that uh, is, well, the the people behind it are a, uh, a couple, a trucking husband and wife. They've got 100,000 subscribers or about. And they said, listen, you're being set up and you're advertising every move you're making to the people who want to know the most. That was hubby. He's, he's called Red Viking. There's no 1776 happening, so put that out of your mind. And then turned around Pete Chambers. Remember we mentioned Pete Chambers? Hmm? Wow. Uh, Red Viking said, uh, Green Berets are masters of psyops. I'd love to believe he's not a part of this. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. There will probably be massive derpitude. Huge. It, but that's just yeah, that's, that's just the beginning. We should probably... And some of this is so predictable... But with the killing by suicide drone, I mean, it's not even a suicide drone, is it? There's no, can't call it, kamikaze drone? Anyway, it was a drone, it was a one-way drone packed with a bunch of uh, explosives and mistakes were made and several American service personnel were injured and three were killed. It happened in Jordan, right in the little corner there. It's on the, on the side, the Jordanian side, but it's right next to Syria and Iraq. Um, and so necessarily. The maggots uh, are now hopping up and down with veins in their teeth yelling, kill, kill, kill. And 
oh, there's 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 nothing like there's nothing like the Middle East that brings out all that butchness in Miss Lady G. Uh, Senator, Senator Graham got uh, got all indignant and got his maiden forms in a twist. That hurts. Uh, and then started yelling, kill, kill, kill. And John Cornholio, the senior senator of Texas, was yelling, kill, kill, kill. Uh, Miss Lindsay uh, ran over to uh, X and put out an excrement. Uh, Jesus. <sighs> uh, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay wants to wave the bloody shirt. And 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 just uh, he, probably he's probably he's probably got he's probably got Dixie playing on a loop. And it oh it's just so dumb. And meanwhile, President Biden says, "Yeah, we're going to respond." We will, but the CNN caught up with uh, Senator Dick Durbin, who responded to uh, Miss Lindsay's bloodlust. I want to get your impressions of what happened last night. Roughly two dozen of these ballistic missiles launched by Iran to into Iraq air bases. No towards U.S. troops, but no casualties reported. How do you see what happened? Well, of course, the missiles were sourced in Iran. Uh, they were uh, better precision uh, uh, military equipment than we have seen in the past. Uh, the net result of it appears to be, at the moment, no loss of American life. Uh, but clearly, we have to decide what the next step will be. I sincerely hope that this administration will take a breath at this moment and step back and really measure how far we want to go into this escalation. Uh, and I also think uh, that there's a, a responsibility, a clear responsibility under the Constitution for the United States Congress to make it uh, abundantly clear to the president that we have a constitutional responsibility when it comes to these types of escalations or any possibility of war. It sounds like Senator Lindsey Graham has a slightly different take on this than you do. Last night, as this was unfolding, um, he wasn't uh, exactly signaling de-escalation, so let me play for you this from last night. This was an act of war, Sean, by any reasonable definition. The missiles were launched from Iran at targets inside of Iraq, housing U.S. military personnel. The president has all the authority he needs under Article 2 to respond. What's your response to that? I can tell you that that approach by uh, Senator Graham is one that will lead us directly into war. Uh, it is a confrontational approach instead of a measured approach. What is our goal? What is our object here? 
we have got to make certain that we keep our mind set on that this president started his presidency hell bent on a confrontation with iran he has it now and the question is whether he wants to escalate it into a war with more troops being sent when thousands of americans are being asked to go to the middle east and to risk their lives it is time for us to step back and measure exactly what our goal is at this moment if we are looking for stability in the middle east if we are trying to reduce terrorism by iran and other countries let us do it thoughtfully not impulsively i mean where's the crazy part of that uh, but it they're shooting at us because they want us to shoot back they've got some wild ass religious frenzy that tells them that somehow or another uh they're gonna well you know crazy christians crazy muslims crazy jews you know what it makes up makes the place up crazy It's all just crazy. And it's all out of the same toxic book. You know, the Abrahamic faiths. <sighs> it, it does need to be measured. Miss Lindsay jumping up and down, hollering, come on, come on, let's you and, let's you and them fight. Here's a rifle, Lindsay. Get to it. I do believe I'm going to faint. When I, when I saw the initial news of the killing of the three American service personnel, I was reminded of the, the, the phrase that the, the, the uh, quote that is attributed to Bismarck. who is said to have said, talking about one of, uh, 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 well, about a trouble spot of about uh, 125 years ago, the whole of the Balkans are not worth the bones of one Pomeranian grenadier. And I feel like it's I feel like it's worthwhile to ponder for a minute what the so-called Middle East, otherwise known as Western Asia, would mean to the United States if it didn't have all that damned oil under it. We'd ignore it. We'd ignore it like we ignore other parts of the world, but instead it's all wrapped up with wild-eyed religious fantasies and fanaticism and oil. And when I heard the news, my heart broke. Because I knew that three families in the United States would soon receive the news and have their families forever shattered. Maybe the dead military personnel went into it because of what they call the poverty draft. Where in certain portions of this country, the only real hope of getting ahead is getting into the military and getting away. And maybe socking away some money for college. 
or skills training of some sort. And because I have an empathetic heart, I imagined those three shattered families sitting there looking at each other and asking, what did she die for? What did he die for? What did they die for? And it's a fair question. It's a question worth asking for every name on the wall in the Vietnam Memorial. You know, a long time ago, back at the beginning of this program, I said eventually we will have a Middle East Wars Memorial. I suggest it be in the shape of a giant oil barrel or a pipeline snaking its way through the mall in Washington, D.C. with the names of our patriot dead. It's frightening. And they do. They're, they're all just hopping up and down. They're cra- just, just crazy for war because they, they love them some war. And in case you were wondering... Uh, Mrs. Haley, I'm sorry, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House Haley, declared that we should uh, use, well, that we should nuke Iran. It's almost as though Lindsey Graham's boyfriend John McCain came back and was yelling bomb, 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 bomb Iran in the well of the Senate. Because that's a thing that really happened. And uh, but 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 Nikki Nikki's out McCaining McCain. She wants to uh, nuke Iran. We should retaliate with the full force of American strength. Well, the fullest of the full force that the United States has is <sighs> nuclear weapons. You really want that? What will they think of you in Bonomo, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House, Nikki Haley? But, yeah, Miss Lindsay was... Hit Iran now. Hit them hard. And then the man... Uh, Charlie Pierce over at Esquire refers to as bobble-throated Tom Cotton, head full of, of Arkansas, said, the only answer to these attacks must be devastating military retaliation against Iran's tourist forces, both in Iran and across the Middle East. 
anything less will confirm Joe Biden is a coward, unworthy of being commander-in-chief. Oh, God, Tom. Dick measuring already, are we? They're so weird. And then uh, uh, John Cornyn just said, target Tehran. Why? Tehran didn't target D.C. And uh, Yashar Ali uh, said, well, this is insanity. This is even worse than Lindsey Graham's tweet. Cornyn will say he's using Tehran as a, metron- a metonym for the region, for the regime, but that is precisely why you don't use metonyms during the time of heightened tensions and when the government is authoritarian. Tehran is filled with some of the most liberal people in Iran, people who are against the regime, people who rightly think they shouldn't be attacked. Yeah, Mr. Ali, I know. But you're talking about people who consider other routinely consider other people to not deserve to even live because of the color of their skin, the way they love, the way they dress. Uh, he went on and said, I realize it sounds cliche and conservatives will say it's some liberal thing, but language matters, especially during a time of conflict. Don't drive away the people who want to end the regime by using imprecise language, and don't suggest that any innocent Iranian should lose their life because of the regime. God, they do. Hmm. They love it much too much. And you know it's bad when we went uh, a ding dong, and even Tuckio Ro- Tuck- testicle toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson say that uh, people like Cornyn and Lindsay are fucking lunatics. Vivek Rosanna Dana said, "For centuries, American statesmen reviled the thought of civilian deaths and war as a last resort." Now we have the likes of Lindsey Graham and Nikki Haley giddily calling it calling to hit Iran now and hit them hard. It's disgusting and says a lot about the kind of GOP they're trying to recreate. Oh, shut up, Weewag. I mean, he's not... He's right for the wrong reasons. Uh, the best line, however, came from Emily Zanotti, a conservative... Who said, in fairness, Lindsey Graham doesn't need a direct threat to tweet about attacking Iran. If his breakfast order is wrong, the response is the same. That's in the same league with uh, the old description of Rudy Giuliani as being a noun, a verb, and 9-11. And, 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 and the maggots even did something funny. Or at least humorous. You know, they've got a a generally unfunny 
humor site, a Christian humor site, really, the Babylon Bee. And back in October of 2023, they had a headline, Lindsey Graham calls on the United States to bomb every country in the world. Um, One Natalie Danielson said, you have to understand, Lindsey Graham is a warmonger. Well, that's true. And uh, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House, Haley, even got heckled in her own home state there in South Carolina, Stan, yesterday. She showed up and was braying about how badly she wanted to attack Iran. And a man walked up to the stage, tore up her sign, and said, We're sick of wars. And the crowd booed him lustily. But Mrs. Governor Ambassador, uh, Speaker of the House, Haley, said, Don't be offended by that. But because my husband and every military member sacrifices every day for his right to do that. Ugh, the bloody shirt. Oh, God. All right, so we're going to take a powder on that shit. The after uh, the after uh, aftershocks of the eighty-three million dollar judgment we t- discussed on Friday. Wait, what's it? Randy Radar says uh, Lindsay was for it before he was against it. Before he's for it again. That sounds about like Miss Lady G. Oh, and this is just a quick drive-by. Rotted FK is using uh, money he's brought in campaign donations to pay his family members and is apparently defending the same. There is some speculation, though, like I said, in the aftermath of $83 million jury verdict. Has anybody seen Counsel for the Parking Garage, her hair color? Has she changed it yet? Or gotten a new, gotten a new cut in color? Because, well, we're waiting on that. But I woke up Saturday morning... You know, that whole uh, 1812 overture. Nah, it was cold and gray and cloudy. So, it went, but, I, but, I, but I woke up and just mm, stretched. 
and thought, ah, oh, I don't know what the day is going to bring, but I do know one thing. Ain't got no $83 million jury verdict hanging over my head. It reminded me of the Bugs Bunny short where uh, Elmer Fudd is in trouble with the law over his finances. And Bugs winds up getting hypnotized to think he's Elmer J. Fudd. And he says... Yeah, I'm Elma J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. And Elmer Fudd, meanwhile, becomes Bugs Bunny. And uh, at the end of the at the end of the cartoon, he turns, breaks the fourth wall, and addresses the camera directly and says, <laughs> "I may be a squooey wabbit, but at least I ain't going to Alcatraz." <laughs> I ain't got no $83 million judgment over my head, and you don't either. And so at least one person is coming to the conclusion that the relationship between Alina Habana 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 and her client may be souring a bit. A lot. Yeah. Uh, Former Deputy Assistant Attorney General Harry Littman had a little chat with uh, Alex Witt on MSNBC this weekend. At his Las Vegas rally last night, he did not mention the name E. Jean Carroll. Also new today, a new filing by the special monitor in Trump's $370 million fraud trial. It shows Trump Org falsified disclosures over a $48 million loan that may not have existed, amounting to what could be tax evasion. And as Trump recovers from the $83.3 million walloping in the Carroll case, my next guest has walloping. a bold proposition to resolve Trump's legal issues once and for all. It might have been a president or an attorney general who could have cut some global deal for him. I mean, there's some way if you blink and stand back, what should happen here? He should go away and never, ever come back and maybe pay a lot of money and maybe wear an ankle bracelet for a while, but really go away and never, ever come back. And my friend, Harry Littman, that guy right there, joins me now. He is a former U.S. attorney, of course, and former deputy assistant attorney general in the Clinton administration. Now he's host of the Talking Feds podcast, also a legal affairs columnist with the L.A. Times. The question is, what don't you do, my friend? Anyway, before, Harry, that we get to this idea of a global deal, he has not publicly mentioned E. Jean Carroll since the ruling. Could he be putting himself on some sort of a defamation budget? Yeah, I think so. And I think it is significant because it shows him having been brought to heal. The You saw his supporters there just saying he doesn't take any crap. He does what he wants and gets away with it. Here, he did what he wanted but didn't get away with it, got socked once a little bit and now very harshly. And I think maybe Alina Haba, maybe in his own mind, is like, that's a path I can't go on. I've been burned very uh, severely. We'll see. But I think it it would be a really encouraging sign that the legal system can actually constrain him. 
Yeah, the point of Burns, really third degree on that. What about Lena Haba, yeah. who had some pretty tested <laughs> changes with Judge Kaplan? At one point, he told her, you're on the verge of spending some time in the lockup. Now sit down. Later, he said, if you violate my instructions again, Ms. Haba, there may be consequences. And then when Haba tried to raise doubt on the assault, Judge Kaplan told her, the fact that Mr. Trump sexually assaulted Ms. Carroll is established. Haba then pushed right back, saying it is established by a jury. And Judge Kaplan said it is established and you will not quarrel with me. Harry, did the Trump team miscalculate on their legal strategy? Well, look, they've been a comedy of bumbling errors for many months, but she does seem to be a, to have been perfectly chosen to be the wrong lawyer in the courtroom. And, you know, she got generally um, mocked for not having the basic skills, which I think is true. But more than that, she tussled with the judge. She tussled with the the, you know, everything about the proceedings. She was Trumpian. You represent Trump in something like this. You need to portray that you don't have contempt and you need to try, good luck to you, to make him a sympathetic um, figure. So I do think part of the, the, you know, rough week he had was having chosen a counsel who doesn't seem to have any uh, it's not just not just chops, but kind of judgment about how you try a case like this uh, with a when it's already been established and you may not quibble that he your client has sexually assaulted uh, the uh, plaintiff and then lied about it. Hmm. So Judge Arthur Ngoron has said he's trying to deliver a ruling in the civil fraud trial by Wednesday. How do you, Harry, expect him to rule on the $370 million? Do you expect Trump is going to get clobbered again? And then what happens next in terms of Trump actually paying up all these millions of dollars? Two questions. On Carbert again, yes, although I think he'll come in under what James has asked. Remember, she first asked for $250 million. She has tried to document, but now's the time where if you're Angara and you're thinking about, I'm about to give the case up, how can I not get reversed? So my best guess is he comes in in a figure closer to 250 maybe even under it. In terms of getting paid, everyone is, oh, Trump gets away with stuff. But it's true that the eventual plaintiffs, well, one is New York State, one is E. Jean Carroll. They could have a, a long road, but he, Trump, has to put up money and soon in order to appeal. And that, that again, hurt. I mean, he genuinely took it on the chin this week. They, you know, the, the cases and the legal landscape genuinely drew blood. It's true that it'll take a while till she has it in hand. She said she wants to do, you know, good things with it. But it's, it's also true that the, uh, the hammer has come down and he will be having to part with millions of dollars fairly soon. Well, listen, in fact, you think that the E. Jean Carroll ruling is just the beginning of an avalanche for Trump. Can you explain to us your idea for a global deal to keep Trump out of prison? And is there an appetite for that right now on either side? You know, there's just not a place for it. So in the thank you for playing that clip. But the next couple sentences were, you know, that would, would be what would make sense in a world, but it's not our world. You have the country literally polarized and, and as bad as it's been since, what, the Civil War? 
and there's an obvious uh, global uh, remedy of having you know, the, a Solomonic figure who just doesn't exist to come in and find the sweet spot where the Trump lovers uh, think he's being, uh, you know, taken advantage of and the Trump haters think it's too um, uh, easy on him, something like we did with, with Nixon, something like pay back every penny you stole with the emoluments clause and wear an ankle bracelet and go away. But we can't do that here anymore. And it's not just one reason that seems obvious is you've got different jurisdictions, states and others. I think that there was a time when that could have been overcome. But we've been so vigilant about trying to treat him like any other litigant. There's there's literally no one to step in, including, say, the president of the United States, who's trying to be double arm's length here and actually make that happen. If this were a different kind of client not running for the presidency of the United States and a different lawyer than Alina Haba, they would sit him down and say, look, you gave it a shot. This is it. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. You've got to sue for peace in some way. But he has staked it all on the political campaign. Nobody can really stop him. And there's no one or nowhere to sue for peace. That's the point I was trying to make in the yeah. uh, in the snippet. Well, I can I can bet that I'm not alone in, in being someone who appreciated this thought, appreciated the snippet yeah. as well. So thank you very much, Harry Lippman. For the- Pretty much jives with everything that we've said here, doesn't it? You heard it. You literally heard it here first. And uh, by the way, um, we are closing in on the end of the first hour, the end of the first hour of Filler Rockster. Uh, Ralph says kindly put a $25 uh, Alina Haba doesn't have an appeal challenge on the table. That would get us down to 11.60 to go in fundraising in terms of... Uh, finishing January fully funded. Uh, it would mean that what's unfunded from previous shows, uh, well, uh, the $10 for la- uh, last Thursday and all of all of Friday, uh, we would be down to uh, uh, $260 to go to uh, finish that. And then we'd be, uh, well, caught up with last week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) a number of people have echoed what we've said previously over the course of the past weekend, namely that Alina Haba is a really, really entirely terrible lawyer. She She even got herself sued for the shabby... Uh, bigoted way she runs her office. It's just awful. And like I said, we said that here all along. She 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 not only does she not have any business in federal court or state court, doesn't have any business in a food court. Just bad. But over at Salon, uh, uh, Tatiana Tandanpoli 
penned an article, Trump doesn't have an appeal. Experts say Trump may fire a lawyer after being burned very severely. And the article begins with uh, a Nashville lawyer named Brian Manukian who said on Friday, let me ruin the suspense for everybody. Trump doesn't have an appeal. I know the talking heads on TV who have never tried a case or appealed a jury verdict have to mention it. Here's why it isn't going to fly. And he goes into a description of preserving a reversible error at the trial level in the transcript of the proceedings. And then... Unkind cut. This is why you hire competent counsel. You need someone who actually knows the rules of evidence and procedure. Alina Haba had no clue what was occurring throughout the trial. She not only failed to preserve any remote grounds for appeal like a moron, she repeatedly and unintentionally waved them over and over. Unfortunately for Mr. Trump, what she was doing over and over was waving his ability to appeal over those evidentiary issues. And she entered no objection to exhibits as they came in. Because she is a moron who would rather play lawyer than do the research to be a lawyer. And it was, of course, Harry Littman who referred to her as a comedy of bumbling errors. And Littman noted... ...that eventually he made... uh, ...he... Nero may and probably will turn on counsel for the parking garage. I mean, you can almost script it, can't you? I was totally innocent. I had, but I had no idea that I had a terrible, terrible, very bad lawyer. I'd never heard of her, But I thought I'd give her a shot. She said she was a good lawyer. She wasn't. Believe me. I just love the fact that we say it here long before it ever gets said anywhere else. Um... Hey, uh, just a quick question. Uh, Steve in New York asked me something uh, into the chat room there. Oh, well, there's Steve. Um, saying the, uh, In the chat saying the website won't load for him. I don't know anything about that, um, but I presume maybe, uh, maybe a certain brother deacon might know. Is anybody having trouble accessing the website? Matt, stuffed grape leaves. Matt in San Francisco writing, damn it, Roxanne. Yes, what have I done now? Again, combining Alina Haba and a food court. What's next? Are you going to play Stevie Nicks so I can picture that poor bird flying in circles? Just like a one-winged dove. Yes, and the one-winged dove is carrying grape leaves, Matt, and yelling, ooh, said, ooh, yeah, ooh. Although if it was me, it, where I, grape leaves, me, yum, 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 absolutely. We used to have a place around here where you could get grape leaves, and they took them off the menu because not enough hillbillies were ordering them. Damn it. This is why we can't have nice things. 
but there are there there are there are a couple of different stories. Um, okay, Roger says he's at. Uh, I'm at HeadOn.Live with no problems. Steve said I'm on the site, just can't get to the stream. I'm on TuneIn. Huh? Darn. Well, you'll probably get some ads somewhere along the way. Sorry. And just a reminder: if you listen on a on some commercial site and you hear ads during this program, please rest assured we are not getting a single penny for them. In case anybody was wondering, uh, Ralph says website's working fine. Okay, thank you. Um, but in in regard to, uh, oh wait. Aw, thank you, uh, Dave and the Blind and Christine and the Blind. This is for the Horn's birthday. It's from Christine and me. And remember, next year you'll be able to take the Horn to a bar and get it liquored up. Have fun, Horn Family Community Congregation. It's a, it is a very polite network, and it doesn't do such licentious things as that. I hope I raised it right. Uh, so we got five dollars to go on Ralph's Alina Haba's <laughs> Alina Haba is toast challenge. Thank you, Dave and Christine. Thank you so much. What I was what I was getting at though is there is overlap. Uh, Irish Dave remarking. So come to find out, Abadabadu was not one of the best people after all. Nope, nope, nope. Um, on Friday, as we got to air. A filing was being made in Judge Ngoron's court. A long time ago now, relatively speaking, Judge Ngoron appointed a special master to oversee the business dealings of the Trump Organization and all its many manifestations and dodgy iterations. So, uh, basically, the court's appointed monitor, a former judge herself, Um, has kept an idea or kept an eye idea has kept an eye on their doings Uh, Judge Barbara S. Jones and Friday she uh, found something and reported to the court on it What she found was more potential tax fraud on the part of that slippery, sleazy organization and the people that run it. What Judge Jones found was that uh, in the days preceding the beginning of the uh, disgorgement trial against Nitwit Nero and his two gits and 
and uh, members of the Trump organization who were not named Iwanka. Well, um, the, 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 the judge filed an update, and the Daily Beast reported on it first, that basically says that, I know, what a surprise, Julius Geezer has been lying for years about having supposedly made a personal loan to one of his own companies and dodged it and, and used it to dodge taxes on about 50 million dollars in income. Remember all the way back to 2016 when he was being questioned about his taxes and he said not paying taxes was smart. Remember that? I think it's pretty smart. Well, Judge Jones, as the court-appointed monitor, wrote, When I inquired about this loan, I was informed that there are no loan agreements that memorialize the loan, but if it was a loan that was believed between, to be between Donald J. Trump individually and Chicago Unit Acquisition, for $48 million. Well, this triggered, as of today, uh, a lot of pearl-clutching and hand-wringing and uh, performative barking and grunting on the part of some more of his pettifoggers. With one lawyer calling her, uh, saying that what the special master, the monitor, had said was a demonstrable falsehood. Uh, saying, that, uh, well, they never said the loan didn't exist. How would you do that? Uh, yes, we're disclosing a non-existent loan. And the uh, the whole Trump family is in a furor now. Uh, Clifford S. Robert, another lawyer, said that the monitor seeks now to perpetuate this folly is beyond the pale. Further oversight is unwarranted and will only unjustly enrich the monitor if she engages in some Javert-like quest. Really? A lay misery. You know that you know Nitwit Nero didn't come up with that because that's from Victor Hugo. That's 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 Le Miserable. No way is he familiar with uh, Inspector Javert. And wasn't he chasing? Wasn't 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 he wasn't the person he was after 
accused of what? Stealing a loaf of bread? I think $48 million is a lot more than a loaf of bread. But if you ask Nitwit Nero about it, he'd tell you that you have to show voter ID to buy bread. This is not America. Been listening to that all weekend, too, because it's just fun. Uh, I sing along to the song in my Trump voice. This is not America. And so uh, Clifford S. Roberts said, uh, the Trump entities, of course, never said the loan did not exist. Rather, they provided a copy of an internal memorandum reflecting simply that no liabilities or obligations are outstanding under the loan at that time. The monitor's deliberate mischaracterization casts further doubt on her competency and veracity. The only thing is, the alleged document upon which Mr. Roberts relies is unsigned. It's designated an inter-office inter memorandum. It was created in the legal department and directed to file. In other words, literally papering the file or pixelating the file. I don't know. Uh, and now they can't decide where the loan went. Uh, originally, it was said to be from Chicago Unit Acquisition, LLC, to Nitwit Nero personally. In the latest, however, it says that it came from Chicago Unit Acquisition, LLC, to something called 401 Mez Venture, LLC. <sighs> Meanwhile, over in the House of Representatives in the Government Oversight Committee, Comer Pyle is having a conniption over the Biden crime family shell companies. And talk about self-serving. Uh, the memo says, uh, This shall confirm that as of the date hereof, with respect to the above reference loan, no amounts are due or payable. Such loan is of no force or effect, and no liabilities or obligations are outstanding. And uh, now they say, no, 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 Trump loaned the money to the LLC first. <sighs> you know, that, that clip from MSNBC with Alex Witt and Harry Littman, the word avalanche was used. Avalanche. And maybe it started with a $5 million snowflake that rolled downhill and became 83 more, 88 million. And it's just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling. The Stormy Daniels trial is set to start in March, a scant month away. And now the, 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 the Trump crime family, there is a crime family. Remember, with maggots, it's always either projection or confession. 
uh, they're pissing and moaning about the fact that Judge Jones doesn't work for free. The, m- the monitor has thus far been paid over $2.6 million in the past 14 months to uncover seven immaterial disclosure items, three irrelevant inconsistencies, and five clerical errors. The court, therefore, must and should end this abusive and costly process so that we can start hiding assets before E. Jean Carroll gets them. I added the last part. Yeah, I want my inheritance. Me too, Dad! My hubby has $3 billion from uh, from Mohammed bin Bonesaw, so, you know, sucks to be y'all. Ah, thank you, Flavia. Thank you. Uh, Jean, Jean Valjean stole silver silverware in Les Miserables. Pocketed the spoons. Thanks, Flavia. It's the two point six million dollars that makes them really mad. These ma- these 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 Trump gets. Because pretty soon, they may not have $260,000. Might actually have to work for a living. <laughs> not Trump's. Silly, silly Roxanne. So there's the, there's the funny, there's the money, funny, funny money business. And then, uh, there's the fact that they're even laughing at him at his own claverns now. Team Trump Nevada commit to caucus rally in Las Vegas this past weekend. And he was uh, he was pogo sticking up onto his uh, uh, onto his crucifix uh, crucifixes by Crazy Dave's Crucifixion Emporium of Talibandianapolis, Talibandiana. Don't get sideways with Gladys; she'll mess you up. So, he starts, no president has ever been treated worse than, we've heard it before. But some of the maggots are apparently listening. It includes the obligatory, sir, line. Do it, sir. How do you do it? I get two questions. If you had it to do again, would you do it? Because, you know, in history... They say the president that was treated the worst was Abraham Lincoln, but he had the Civil War, you know, so he had a little Civil War going. Abraham Lincoln and Jackson was treated very badly, and a couple of others were treated. Andrew Jackson, he was treated very badly, and a few others. And I haven't seen the new list, but if I'm not number one over Abraham Lincoln, I will be very disappointed because I don't believe any president's ever been. And they do that. Because their policies can't work. This is the only way they think they can win. You heard it, didn't you? 
I need to be I need to be the top of that list. And they laughed at him. And and, and it just kind of glosses over the well, Abraham Lincoln had the Civil War, so yeah, I guess. Abraham Lincoln got a muzzle loader pistol ball behind his ear. I know. Miss obvious, right? But Well, I think we're gonna wind up saying it with every program for the near future until it comes true. Todd. Y'all, he ain't gonna make it. I don't. Will he? Do you, Do you think that he will be in the wheelchair with oatmeal on his tie and a plaid blanket on his lap by the time, say, the Stormy Daniels trial comes along in March? Good heavens. He isn't. He isn't gonna make it. He'll 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 wind he'll wind up with a te- with a tennis ball and some duct tape in 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 shackles and the Hannibal Lecter mask. After about a, a, a probably a, the first week of any of his criminal trials, and for reasons own, known but to the deities, somebody at ABC News booked South Carolina junior senator. And real ladies' man, Tim Scott, uh, to have a sit-down chat with Martha Raddatz, who wanted to know what Tim Scott thought about the $83 million jury verdict. Hmm. Oh, wait, Ralph says, uh, no, Robin, he'll be in a wheelchair sucking his binky. I think we can add the binky in there. I think there will still be, I think there will still be oatmeal and oatmeal and ketchup. You know, he probably puts ketchup in his oatmeal. Well, there went dinner in the Central Standard Time Zone. God Almighty, that just sounds disgusting, doesn't it? Uh, but uh, Tim, Tim, Tim Scott, well, yeah, he, he, he's, he's got a lot of gravitas. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott was standing with Trump as he declared victory in New Hampshire on Tuesday. And Senator Scott joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. I I, want to start with the breaking news on Friday, and that was that your candidate, former President Trump, was ordered by a jury to pay $83 million for defaming writer E. Jean Carroll. He was also found before, as you know, liable for sexual abuse. Does that give you any pause in your support? Yeah, myself and all the voters that support Donald Trump supports a return to normalcy as it relates to what affects their kitchen table. The average person in our country, Martha, isn't, they're not talking about lawsuits. As a matter of fact, what I ask. They're not? 
the average person in America isn't talking about lawsuits. No, they're talking about the fact that he either raped or sexually abused a woman and she couldn't tell the difference because she couldn't tell if it was his dingus or his thumb. Jesus. Normalcy. Normalcy. Because from 2016 to 2020 was totally normal. Extra normal. Thing, however, is that the perception that the legal system is being weaponized against Donald Trump is actually increasing his poll numbers. I, I, I understand that, but this was, they were jury trials. They were jury trials. They started uh, when Donald Trump was president. You, that, does, that gives you no pause whatsoever. I don't have a, the Democrats don't pause when they think about Hunter Biden and the challenges that, that he brings to his father. The one thing I think the electorate is thinking about most often is how in the world will the next president impact my quality of life? How will America regain its standing in this world? They were better off under Trump and they're looking for four more years of low inflation, low crime, low unemployment and high enthusiasm for our country. We haven't had that in the last four years. Yeah, nobody's enthusiastic about the United States of America. Certainly not Tim Scott. Because daddy's not in the White House. It's so patently obvious that Tim Scott is in the soup. Nitwit Nero made him do everything but kiss his abnormally stubby little finger, uh, ring finger in New Hampshire and made him essentially say that, yeah, he, he Tim Scott, well, Nikki Haley may have made him a senator, but... Well, no love there. The thing that Nitwit Nero would best uh, bear in mind is that if Tim Scott will turn on the woman who gave him his life as a senator... It also won't be much of a stretch after a couple of convictions to say, who? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, no, I never support never heard of him. So, not exactly... Uh, portrait in you know, civic virtue, I guess. I saw a great meme the other day. It was, uh, actually it was this morning. Yeah, back to Council for the Parking Garage for a minute. Alina Haba She'll plead your speeding ticket down to first-degree murder. 
she'd rather be pretty than smart. So, on Friday, as we were discussing her monumental fuck-up, she went on social media and said, this is far from over. We're just getting started. And she put up uh, emojis of an American flag, a boxing glove, hashtag MAGA. Uh, in turn, Tim O'Brien responded, and, and remember, he wrote the biography on Trump. Uh, the thing you say when you're utterly in over your head legally and you and your client just got hit with an $83.3 million judgment. And then former White House correspondent Brian uh, J. Karam said, uh, you're literally too stupid to know you're done. Like a chicken with its head cut off, you can walk around for a bit, but that doesn't mean you've got a future. And then she went so far uh, as to comment on another post. That post said, if I ever need an attorney, I'm calling her. And she posted a bicep emoji and an American flag. Uh, Another guy, an Iraq War veteran by the name of Peter Henlein, said Alina Haba is in the replies of MAGA influencers celebrating herself the day after losing an $83 million case. These people are idiots. And then Jenna Ellis from Under the Bus in Georgia reposted that. That woman is getting dunked on all over. uh, All over. It's ridiculous. Her degree of what um, unself-awareness, her her legalistic Dunning-Krugerism. And I knew when I woke this morning it was going to be a special day on my filthy morning habit, so lo and behold, it was. Have you decided what kind of toast you want to make the, uh, with the, uh, with your, uh, the first time with your bougie toaster, Matt? I'd, I'd suggest for the sake of authenticity, San Francisco sourdough, but that's me. Mika's getting awfully close. The words Judge Lewis Kaplan told the jury, whose names and details were kept anonymous throughout the trial, that while they are now free to speak publicly, he did not advise it. The decision came after a day of contentious closing arguments that included Trump storming out of the courtroom at one point. He returned for his attorney's closing arguments, but left the courthouse before the verdict was read. The jury awarded Carroll just over $7 million in compensatory damages Another $11 million for damages to her reputation, followed by a whopping $65 million in punitive damages. 
After the verdict, Trump called the decision ridiculous and vowed to appeal. Carroll's attorney said afterwards that the verdict, quote, proves that the law applies to everyone in our country. Last year, a jury found that Trump sexually abused and defamed Carroll. This trial was to determine the amount of damages Carroll would receive. What what did you think? Well, I, I was... Well, it's good to see an actual consequence playing out with Donald Trump. Um, I think a lot of people have questions as to how long he could drag out an appeal not to have to pay the money. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, we're looking ahead to the weeks to come for the civil fraud trial against him that could cost him a lot of money. This could undermine the former president in ways that perhaps on the political side of things people didn't expect. You do, you do get the sense with this, especially over the week, the relative silence regarding E. Jean Carroll. Yeah. You, uh, Trump to her. You do get the sense that the jury's goal was to, to put a punitive damages number that would stop the egregious behavior, stop the defamation. And they may have succeeded at that. And they may have succeeded at that because so many people have said, He's eventually going to have to pay this, and he's going to have to pay a lot up front just to post the bond. I just don't know why he didn't know this before. Like, what? It's well. Isn't it interesting, though? Again, we talk. Kind of lawyers do. We 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 talk about how over the past several years it was almost like uh, the laws of gravity were suspended, and people could say whatever they wanted as it pertained to speech. And and you you see the Infowar guys uh, right. bankrupted yep. by lying about the Sandy Hook parents because when he did that you were like who wait people can do that in America people but they can't do that in America when Rudy Giuliani lied about two black women who were trying to help Georgia and be public servants yep. he lied about them just just made up a lie about them you just have to go wait a second can can you do that in America is that I, I didn't think you could do that. Ended up you couldn't. He's going bankrupt now. And then you have the same thing with Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Fox Trump. News. Well, and yeah, and, and Fox and Fox News because of former hosts on Fox News. And then Donald Trump thinking, well, I can I can defame a woman. I can keep defaming a woman. I can be found guilty of sexually abusing her. I can still lie about her. I can still defame her. I can still say terrible things about her because I'm Donald Trump. And the jury finally, finally came in and said, yeah, you're you're Donald Trump and you're going to owe Eugene Carroll eighty three million dollars. And and so we see one, uh, you know, one idiot at a time. I, I just got to say it one idiot at a time. Do, do they not know that there are defamation laws in the United States of America? One idiot at a time. Whether you're talking to the InfoWars guy or yeah. Rudy Giuliani or now Donald Trump, you know, they screwed around and they found out what happens when you defame people over and over again. But the the thing is that he was found liable for defamation. What we were waiting for was the outcome of how much he had to pay. And he yeah. kept doing it, like kept making the her. cost higher and higher. Yeah. So let's find out how it works, though, moving forward. Joining us now for... Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a tortious, thank you, sir, may I have another? With Nitwit Nero in the Kevin Bacon role in Animal House. But Joe did mention the bond. The bond will be substantial. 
all to just get dunked on in the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals and not even make it to the Supreme Court. Because there aren't any, there aren't any, there, there are no matters of first impression here. This is just plain old boring defamation law that is well settled and well established, of course. Clarence Pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas, the single most crooked justice ever to sit on the bench of the Supreme Court of the United States, and his crooked buddy Sammy Bad Breath Alito will be there barking and grunting about how they want to overhaul the uh, defamation laws in the United States. You know, most of the time they're originalists. But, and they complain about judges legislating from the bench, but not so much now. Problem is, Fappy and Bad Breath, and, you know, probably Gorsuch too, want to make it easier for aggrieved public figures to sue media organizations. That won't help in this instance. Eugene Carroll didn't need any help. Because again, the law is well settled. And Ms. Carroll uh, made the rounds of some TV shows over the weekend and today, her and her lawyer. Three goes into eight, two times, two times three is six, eight minus six is two, pull down the three, uh, three goes into 23, 17 times, uh, seven times, seven times three is 21, three minus one is two, we need to we add a decimal point and a zero, and three, three, so uh, I was, I'm sorry, I was just calculating uh, uh, Ms. Kaplan's fee. Yeah, seventeen million dollars. It's gonna, it's gonna buy a lot, assuming she's got a contingent fee agreement with Eugene Carroll. But uh, no, they they uh, over on CNN they talked about what comes next. And what his and 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 his pathetic defense had asked Judge Kaplan just for some background here to block the court or Trump's team from being able to present legal arguments about the jury's rejection of the rape claim. They found him liable for sexual abuse. I want to be very clear on that and defamation. Alina Hava thinks there's a big chance for them on appeal because of what Judge Kaplan ordered here. Let's listen to her and then I want to give you a chance sure. to respond. Here she was. Before I walked into court, that judge decided that every single defense President Trump had, we were not allowed to raise in front of the jury. It is in writing, and I encourage the journalists, the real journalists, to take the minute to look at his orders. There was no proof, and I couldn't prove that she didn't bring in the dress. There was no DNA. There was no expert. My experts were denied, two of them. Yeah, dipshit, because that was the previous trial. That was liability for the act. 
That's how dumb this woman is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you have to do to fail law school where she went to law school. How do you? I mean, a, a billable Rick, Darlene, Steve. How do you get out of law school without knowing what race judicata is? How? I, I mean it. How does that work? They put on all of that evidence in the first trial. This wasn't, and, and you can't get through to Alina Habana 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 that this is still the same act. This isn't a second sexual act. Courts don't relitigate issues that have already been judged by a jury resulting in a previous judgment. Race judicata, which sounds a lot like chicken piccata, and now I'm hungry. Love chicken piccata. With a little side of grape leaves, Matt. Uh, it, it means the thing having been judged. The judged thing. Done did it. And Steve, uh, bifurcated trials, Steve in New York says, I literally don't think she knows what a bifurcated trial is. I, I don't think so. And, and this wasn't even really a bifurcated trial. This was just more damages for more shit he said. The only thing they had to prove was that he said it and it was defamatory. And some of it, based on what we talked about before, was per se defamatory. She's crazy. That is slander per se. Defamation per se. When he puts it on tripe social and tripes it all over the world, it is libel per se. And Roberta Kaplan is so much a bit, so much a better law, lawyer than Alina Habana Habana Habana, and she understood what uh, Alina was gabbling about and how much nonsense there was. Two of them were denied to come in. Your response, Robbie, and then. And then you, E.G., maybe you go first, because you weren't next to her. You couldn't respond in that moment. Would you like to respond now? Alina Haba is uh, gloriously talented. She's very skilled. She uh, has ludicrous confidence. And when you hear her speak, we understand that most of what she just said was entirely made up, entirely untrue. Yeah, I, I, I understand that that's what she's saying, because that's all she has to say. Uh, but Judge Kaplan, no relation, <laughs> uh, is one of the most respected judges uh, in New York City. All his rulings were completely appropriate. The rules are the rules. He followed the rules, and now Donald Trump and Ms. Hobber are going to have to follow the rules, and that's what the appellate court is going to say as well. After the president's win, former president's win in Iowa, he gave this speech where he was very generous and, and unifying and 
people, for some bizarre reason afterwards, were like, this is the new Trump. And then New Hampshire happened. He had a very different uh, way of operating. After this victory for you all, he has not mentioned your name. He has not said much at all about the case. I'm wondering, is this going to be another one of those things where he does it for three days and then reverts back to form? Or is there a legal, when you're looking at this as a lawyer or as, as somebody who's been involved in this case, you say, there's a very real reason why that individual will not be talking about this ever again. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly being told uh, not to talk about it. And he's concerned that if he keeps talking about it, he's going to have to pay even more money than he's already been ordered to pay. Valid concern. Right. But as the judge noted in the middle of the trial, at times he can't control himself. I mean, the judge mm -hmm. said that to him, sir, you can't you appear to be unable to control yourself. And if that if that part of him takes sure. over, then he could say something again, I, you know. And you're willing to bring another defamation case. Absolutely. Everything's on the table. Eugene, often uh, many women in this country and around the world aren't believed. Yeah, wait. We were right again. <laughs> we're ready to sue again, Robbie Kaplan says. Everything's on the table. And uh, imagine that. Nobody can get through to him. Shut her shut up about her. Every time you open your mouth and have her name in it, you're going to get sued and and another jury is going to hand her another wad of cash, which dipshit you will eventually have to fucking pay. Sorry, F bombs. I mean, what is What is the, I don't know, behavioral health etiology? Is that the right word? Of that. I mean, is that developmental delay? Is that just privilege? I uh, sincerely do not know. And a jury of your peers believed you. Yes. And awarded you for that pain that you have endured. And then the defamation on top of it. What is your message to other women who are not believed, who don't have the platform you have? Well, this, this, this is why this decision bodes well for women across. It came at a time when we needed that positive, we believe you statement. Um, so this win really was uh, for Every woman who stood up and been knocked down, every woman, uh, and Robbie and I are here. We're, we have planted our flag, and we want to turn things around and uh, make sure uh, that women are believed. Good. And in, in, in other conversation... She also said she wants to take some of the money and put it into a fund to assist other women sexually abused and sexually assaulted by Donald Trump. I mean, pity that can't happen sooner than it will, because a press release from such an organization every blessed day saying... Uh, the uh, Trump Rape Fund has just given X amount of dollars to woman Y who was sexually assaulted by Donald Trump. 
sexually abused by Donald Trump, like Eugene Carroll was, will be damning. Stoke the stroke, Jeannie. Stoke the stroke. Oh, and we are uh, just a quarter of an hour away from being done with uh, two hours of the Pillar Oxter. Got $5 to go on uh, Ralph's Alina Habana 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 is going to get burned by Trump challenge. Five bucks. That will get us down to uh, $1,160, $260 away from being fully funded for uh, last week in its entirety. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you, Dave and Christine and the Blind. Thank you so much. But that was not all there was to the conversation. And they talked about it more on MSNBC yesterday morning, Andrew Weissman showing up to sort of explain how E. Jean Carroll will eventually get her money. Able to do whatever they want with women. We all remember that. In the end, that jury found Trump liable for defamation and sexual assault and ordered him to pay Carroll $5 million in damages. And then, the very next day, we saw just how little that judgment affected Trump when he attacked Carroll during a CNN town hall. And I Can swear I on my because... children, which I'd never do, I have no idea who this woman This is a fake story, made up story. I have no idea who the hell. She's a Mr. whack President, job. You... Those comments in that town hall, he called her a whack job, if you couldn't hear that, and an avalanche of similar attacks that followed on social media laid the groundwork for the trial that ended this week. In their closing arguments on Friday, Carol's lawyers asked the jury to deliver a punishment that would finally get him to stop. Well, so far, it appears that $83 million judgment has given Trump some pause. Now, it's been less than 48 hours, but still. He has not attacked Carroll on his true social account, and at this his first rally since the decision, he managed to hold back from directly commenting on the case. We will see if that continues. Joining me now are two brilliant legal minds, two of my favorite legal minds. Andrew Weissman is the former general counsel at the FBI and a senior member of special counsel Robert Mueller's team. And Katie Fang is a former attorney and, of course, host of The Katie Fang Show here on MSNBC. So I want us to start with the details here and the question a lot of people keep asking me. This is, of course, Andrew, an enormous judgment against the former president, $83 million. It's kind of an eye-popping number. Trump has said he's going to appeal. If he appeals, he still has to pay some portion. So give us the details here. How much and how sure. long could this appeal process go? Yeah, essentially, people are wondering, when will she see the money? Yeah, um, exactly. And so... so um, put it together with the other judgment, which was for $5 million. Um, so you have $88 million that two separate juries, that is 18 jurors, unanimously concluded um, Donald Trump owes because there is a victim here, and it is not Donald Trump. Um, for um, sexual assault, you have a very graphic nature against her will, um, and um, repeated defamation. Now, um, what the court does, um, because anybody, including Donald Trump, is entitled to due process, and that means he's entitled to appeal 
both verdicts. Anyone would be entitled to do that. However, during that period, what the court requires and has already required with respect to the first judgment, and no doubt will require with respect to this judgment, is that the defendant post a bond. That is that they have to put up the money or a bond that will make sure that the plaintiff is not left with nothing. Um, in other words, if you want to be heard on appeal and take the time to be heard by another court as to whether legally it was done correctly, they won't review the facts, but legally they'll review it. Um, the money is in the court or a bond is in the court to make sure that E.G. Carroll, if the decisions are affirmed, has that pool of money to go after. Um, and so I think people need to know, yes, she will have to wait, but there's no question that Judge Kaplan will make sure that there is that pool of money in the court mm -hmm. so that if she prevails on appeal, she is able to be paid in full. That, that is good for people to hear. I think a relief for people to hear. Kate, I, I wanted to ask you, I alluded to this in my opening there, but, you know, it has been less than 48 hours, but Trump has not attacked E. Jean Carroll by name. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of cases out there where he continues to attack not only potential jurors, but people in the legal system and the justice system. Should this give us any hope that the size of this judgment worked or kind of from a legal perspective, what, what's your takeaway at this point? Yeah, so the concept of a verdict, especially for somebody like Eugene Carroll, it's kind of split in two. There's compensatory damages, the idea of making her whole, uh, the idea of correcting the harm that was perpetrated by Donald Trump when he defamed her and said that she was a liar. But then there's the punitive damages and the word punitive, it's supposed to punish but punitive damages are also to serve as a deterrent, meaning it's supposed to keep people like Donald Trump and others from doing that conduct, that bad conduct that results in an $83.3 million judgment. 48 hours for Donald Trump is a lifetime. We all know that he only looks at directly what is in front of him. Mm -hmm. So it is a long period of time. But in some respects, it could show that because the amount was so high, it wasn't another $5 million, maybe another $6 million, because it was $65 million in punitive damages, that because it hits him where it hurts him the most, he's decided to maybe exercise some judgment. I don't want to give him too much credit, but maybe he's exercised some judgment and not wanting to do it. I think also what's happening, too, is it could come back to haunt him if he starts defaming other people. We've mm -hmm. seen him look at limited gag orders, Jen, in other yes. cases. We've seen him see that there's a legal prohibition against him speaking out in ways that are harmful. And so it's not like the judicial system is just standing by waiting for him to do something wrong. You see some proactivity there. But let me be clear. It is not prior restraint. It is not some type of abridgment of his First Amendment free speech rights. There's a reason why the laws exist to make sure that people like Donald Trump stay in line. It's really interesting to watch with the other cases you alluded to. We only have about a minute left. I wish we had more time. So, Andrew, let me ask you about uh, something that struck me, is, which is the warning by Judge Kaplan to the jury that they not reveal they were part of this case. Of course, they were their names were not announced. We know it was seven men, um, two women. Uh, you know, that seems well, obviously it's Trump. So, of course, he's going to go after them. But you've litigated. You've been in a lot of courtrooms. How uncommon, how un unique is that kind of a warning? Jen, the last time I was in a courtroom where a judge said that to a jury, Vincent Giganti, the former boss of the Genovese family, had been convicted 
And the then chief judge of the Eastern District of New York told the jurors that they spoke as one body of jurors and they, they spoke in court and he gave the same strong admonition that he said, well, you are legally free to his strong advice to them was not to speak individually to the press out of concern about retribution from uh, Vincent Giganti and his ilk. It is remarkable that that same admonition was said with respect to somebody who was the was the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. That is the last time I heard that admonition being given. It's quite company to have. Uh, Andrew Weissman, Katie Fang, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for explaining some of these legal issues to all of us. Uh, and coming up next, uh, following some breaking news, we're following some breaking news out of the Middle East. I talked about this a little bit at the top, but three U.S. service members were killed in Northeast Jordan near the Syria border. So, no, he's not. Short of his own mortality, he is not going to Rolo Tomasi this one. He's not going to be the guy who always gets away with it. And of course the judge gave an admonition to the jury similar to what one would give to a jury in a mob case. Trump's out there running around comparing himself to Al Capone, for God's sakes. And what do you make of the fact I did not realize that the jury was seven men and two women? How about that? I'm sure a, a counsel for the parking garage thought that that would work in her, her favor. You know, because men are ought to, men understand manly men's manly needs. Uh, and by the way, Brother Deacon Asa says, to be fair to the dipshit lawyer, Alina Havana 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 is like all of 23 years old. It's Chief Gambozo's fault for hiring an inexperienced lawyer. Hold on. How have we made it all the way this far into a Morian Monday with no cowbells? Chief Gambozo. That was what that was for. But, that, I mean, not to split hairs, Brother Deacon, but not really. A lawyer who is not prepared to do the work, who does not have the intellectual heft for it, doesn't have the infrastructure for it, doesn't have the capacity for it, shouldn't agree to take the case. But there she was, and the next thing you know, she's got new streaks in her hair and a new, and a, and a new do, and... Well, through the entire course of this, she looked a little bit more like melanoma every day. Not saying. Just saying. A uh, little, little bit of uh, schooling coming from Stephen New York. Defamation per se. In New York, there are three categories. Defamation concerning a person's profession. Defamation about a person having a loathsome disease. Or three, defamation... Defamation... Robin... Defamation about a person's infidelity. As I see it, he defamed her on all of them. $83 million worth. At what point in time does he have to explain to his losers, I mean, uh, voters, Rubes, Marks, Johns, 
that he can't pay because he doesn't have it. Will his eventual bankruptcy be under seal? that, That doesn't happen a lot. So it seems more and more that the real choice is between saying, I don't have it, I'm not as rich as I told you I was. And showing up in court in a wheelchair with a plaid blankie over him, a binky in his mouth, and the pinky will be filled with liquid Adderall, by the way. And oatmeal, uh, oatmeal dribbles down the front of his too long tie. Oh, and I did see something over the weekend. Apparently, the Trump camp is reaching out to the rotted FK Jr. camp to see if rotted FK would be interested in being his running mate. On a unity ticket. Now I confess, on at, at, at first blush, I looked at that and went, "Well, that's not that's nuts, that's crazy." And I said, "Wait a minute, hold on here. If you were rotted FK Jr. and you were offered the vice presidency by a man who is in the early stages of dementia." Maybe not even that early. Hmm. Would you be tempted to take the offer? Because the odds would be very good that you would accede to the presidency should he win. And then you could try to ban vaccines all over America and chase women and Juice up on testosterone and all the good things in life. And be the second President Kennedy. You know, kind of like a... Kind of like a Jedi gone bad and gone to the dark side. Oh, did you notice that JFK didn't get a mention in presidents who were ill-treated? Yeah. Hmm. And so here we are. It's a two-hour. It's now a two-hour filler rockster. Uh, listen, if any of y'all have anything on your mind, feel free to chime in. I'm certainly, I'm certainly up for the conversation. Uh, you know how to reach the program. The stress line, of course, is 844-843-4676, 844-THE-HORN. And then uh, there's the regular telephone number, 304-574-8178. Or you can reach me via Skype, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, and then one word, Kincaid Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N. Send me a contact request, and we'll get to chatting right away. When you send me the request, say something like, you know, love the show or want to call the show or something like that, because the uh, bots and fishes are proliferating on Skype. The dead giveaway is when uh, it's someone with a profile photo that looks decidedly Western uh, who wants to translate your conversation into Mandarin. 
right? And like I said, we got five dollars to go on Ralph's uh, Alina Havana 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 is about to get burnt to the ground challenge. I, I, I admit there will be Schadenfreude o plenty when he starts barking and grumping about her. And they know who she is. And she let me get hung out to dry. And probably go into some paranoid conspiracy theory business. Council for the Parking Garage has been referred to variously as classless and as obnoxious. In addition to being a dum-dum. Ron Filipkowski over at Midas Touch said, in 29 years as a trial lawyer in state and federal courtrooms nearly every day, I may have seen this happen twice. Turns out being a classless, obnoxious jerk thrills the MAGA cult that doesn't really play in courtrooms. Republicans against Trump said, oh my God, Judge Kaplan just now to Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, you are on the verge of spending some time in the lockup. Sit down. Apparently you can't fake being smart. Richard Signorelli, a former federal prosecutor, said, I've been trying to think of one word to describe her, and I think I found it. And, you know, lawyers lawyers like to be precise with their language when they need to be precise. They're vague when they need to be vague. I've been trying to think of one word to describe her, and I think I found it insufferable. And she tried that performative crap of calling President Donald Trump. And Kaplan said, nope. It's just Donald John Trump. Just another person in the courtroom facing justice. And I'm going to the stress line in just a moment, but I wanted to get this clip in from Roberta Kaplan. I hope Nitwit Nero saw it, because the, the, the walls, wherever he is, will be running red with Heinz. But what did you think when you learned that he walked out? Yeah, so I, it's, it's true. I didn't see him at all because I was facing the jury and he was to yeah. my left. Uh, but the judge said something. He told me that he told the whole courtroom that he'd gotten up and left out, and walked out. And I thought to myself, whoa, like in a case about whether you can follow the rules or not and you can not be a bully, not following the rules and acting like a bully is not a good move. So I thought to myself, like, OK, that's just going to give us more money. Honestly, he got awarded 80 over 83 million dollars from this jury. Trump's obviously appealing he has the right to do that. Big question over the next couple of weeks, is he going to get a bond for that $83 million? If he doesn't, when could your client see that money or some of it? So he has two choices. He either has to post a bond, it's called an appellate bond, which requires him to put down 20%, or he has to deposit, which is what he did for the first verdict, the entire amount with the court. So 83 plus 9%, so call it $89 million. 
if he can't do either of those, then we can start collecting right now. And we will, for sure. Do you believe he can do either of those? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He didn't get a bond last time, so maybe he's going to try to deposit the funds. I don't know what he'll do. Eugene, one of the uh, paradoxical is probably the best word I can put it, dynamics of this moment for him, for the former president and his legal troubles has been politically, he only seems to get more powerful within the Republican Party. Um, I understand you've been focused on the trial, but do you see that? Do you have concerns, not based on your trial specifically, but just about the fact that this person who you've stared down in a courtroom has only gotten more powerful as all of this has played out, and you've won repeatedly in these cases? It is a paradox. For him, the courtroom was not a courtroom to him. It was a campaign stop. That was clear. Um, so we had two different objectives. Ours was to win a case. His was to win voters. We'll see how that plays out, that he's uh, using me to win voters. Sexual assault. A man found liable for sexual assault is using the woman he sexually assaulted to get votes. You may soon, though, have quite a bit of his money, and I wonder how you plan to use that. Oh, it's inspiring. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> We're going to do good with that money. We're going to do... Mary Trump has suggested uh, we turn Trump Tower into an animal sanctuary, for instance. <laughs> a joke. That was a joke, Poppy. <laughs> uh, no, but we're, we're inspired to uh, do not waste a penny of this. And we have some good ideas that we're working on. Specifically aimed at well, what would oppose well, Trump? Well, Donald Trump hates women. Remember the New York Magazine, the famous quote, when they said, Donald, what do you think of women? He said, women. They're not worth a piece of crap. Remember that quote? And so I think one of the things we could do, seeing as how he's very instrumental in taking away women's rights over their bodies across the United States, maybe we can think about how we can restore women their rights. Hmm. Use a little money for that. Hmm. Do you think of what would happen if Trump is reelected? Oh, please. I can't think of that. I can't think of that. I don't think I, I don't think it's going to happen. And Robbie, particularly, uh, tell them, Robbie, why you don't think that's possible. I just think it's what you saw in the jury and in the courtroom from the jury that when people are really confronted with the facts, when the rules apply, uh, people see the truth about Donald Trump. And this isn't the first trial. He's got a lot of trials coming up before that election, and it's going to happen to him over and over and over again. And I don't think he has enough Americans who are willing to buy what he says in major rallies to elect him president. I, at least that's what I hope. I want to ask you, Robbie, about uh, how Trump's going to appeal this. We, we have a, a big clue from what his attorney, Alina Habba, said. You had asked Judge Kaplan, just for some background here, to block the court or Trump's team from being able to present legal arguments about the jury's rejection of the rape claim. They found him liable for sexual abuse. I want to be very clear on that and defamation. Alina Habba thinks there's a big chance for them on appeal because of what Judge Kaplan ordered here. Let's listen to her, and then I want to give you a chance sure. to respond. Let's don't and say we didn't. I, 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 I see, I see no, like I said, I see no major implications for constitutional law. There are no, there are no cases of first impression here. He's going to lose. 
And if he has to deposit, uh, I, I did did some ciphering on the fly while they were talking. Uh, if he has to deposit 20% for a, an appeal bond, uh, 20% of 83 million comes out to 16.6 million dollars in cash for the bond. He may have been able to put up the original amount, five, seven, eight million, whatever it was. Can he really put up $83 million more? There's been a lot of talk over the years about how much he's really worth versus how much he says he's worth. Some of the most recent estimates suggest that if he is a billionaire, he's barely one. So that would mean that putting up the money for these two judgments would, 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 would approach... 10% of his entire worth. Now, is there is there some dark money pack out there that'll pay pay it for him? Maybe. Are the Rubes? I mean, Johns. I mean, Marks. Uh, the, the voters who support him. Are they willing to come up with 83 million dollars to give to a woman? that he has said is a whack job? And if it turns out he takes campaign donations and uses that to pay the judgment, how is that not another indictment? Let's see here. Um, or another, well, yeah, another indictment. All right, we need the calculator. We need 8-3. Ought, ought, ought. Ought, ought, ought. And uh, and 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 gets into that by say five dollar donations. He will need sixteen million six hundred thousand people, sixteen million six hundred thousand Emery's and Marvelines sitting there in their matching Barca loungers at the Ballerina Swan Lake Trailer Court and Country Club to pony up five bucks. Now that's roughly 5% of the population of the United States of America. A lot of people buy his stupid flags and his stupid hats and his stupid stickers and his stupid NFTs and his stupid swatches of his stupid suit. But are they going to pay for his stupid mouth? You tell me. I find that baffling to even ponder. Let's run over to the stress line and see who we've got. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello. You're on the air. Have I got the right button? I've got the right button. You're into the board. No, wrong button. Let's try that again. Hey. Hello? Yeah, hey, Ken. How are you? Hi. 
me the central scrutinizer. Ah, yes. I was thinking, um, you were talking about Eugene. Um, I don't know if you saw that, uh, Matt slapped freaking the finger on the rancid hot dog guy. Nice show. And oh no, I hadn't. There's been a, there, there's been a match slap sighting. Yo, yeah. Did he have yeah, his? Did, I, he, did, I, he, did, did, he, did he have his hand on the crotch of a young man at the time? <laughs> he took some to the effect of that, but it was kind of hilarious. Um, you know, I don't think you can do that research on the fly, but um, you know, maybe uh, tomorrow was it was kind of humorous. So Bannon asked him about Trump's uh, that his verdict, and you know, of course, uh, Slap is facing some some number of his own comeuppance, right? So that was, it was quite interesting. It was funny, and then uh, also like the E. G. and Carroll. Um, after that, well. Now, next week, we're looking at Ann Gorn's decision. Yes. Oh, he was waiting. He was waiting for the special master, special, the the judge that took over the financial of the company. Jones, I think. Uh, Susan, yes, Susan um, Jones. Yeah, Yeah. that's the, uh, yeah, that's the court-appointed monitor. Right, so we could be, you know, we could be looking at half a billion dollars with like uh, taxes and all kinds of shit. So, um, hopefully, <laughs> uh, wait till I see it. I'm kind of that like person. Like I don't want to get excited, but but you know, stoke the stroke. <laughs> it's beginning to feel like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's going to bring out, like, the, uh, the character at the end of the Roger Rabbit when they find out he was a tomb. Uh, the, oh, what is the name? Shit, that actor. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Chris, you're talking about, uh, yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Roger Rabbit, yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, the bad guy. <laughs> it was really a tomb, and you see his eyes, like, balls out when he gets all the smegma all over him. <laughs> well, there went dinner in the mountain standard time zone. Well, that's fine. You already did that. Oh, but I only did it for the central time zone. Oh, that was over oh, an no, hour ago. Oh, yeah, that's pretty fucking gross. I'm, I'm still thinking that would that would linger on for a while. <laughs> oatmeal with yeah. oatmeal, oatmeal with ketchup in it. Mm-mm, just yeah, like, I barely even liked oatmeal for a while. Just, just like but Mama used to make. <laughs> well, I haven't eaten ketchup sandwiches. I don't know. Have you? Yeah, and I've had ketchup tomato soup too. Oh, okay. College, college was interesting. Uh, I haven't gone quite that far, but. Yeah, that's when you get. Wow. That's when you get pocket. That's when. You, that, that's when. Bread, no, that's when you get. Po- that's when you get pockets full of ketchup at, at at fast food places, and you heat up water in your hot pot oh, in your right. dorm room, well, and you put the and you put the ketchup in the hot water and stir it up, and you have ketchup tomato soup. And if you're lucky, you you you, you snagged a few saltines too along the way. Oh, I don't know. I guess okay. 
Wow. You like the water, or you like to have it with milk? Oh, my tomato! No, if I'm if I'm doing Campbell's tomato soup or off-brand grocery store tomato soup, I always make it with milk. And yeah, I, and, uh, and, I, and I, I and do too. And I add I add dillweed and tarragon, and melt some uh, American cheese slices in it because it melts so nicely. Gets quite rich and quite bougie real fast. <laughs> Gotta have oyster crackers in it for me. Oh yeah, uh, yum. Yeah, there's a there's oyster a recipe you sometimes, can sometimes uh, grilled cheese, but. Yeah, That's you can you can stuff. take your you can take your oyster crackers and you can toss them with uh, Hidden Valley Ranch dressing mix and oil in like a Ziploc bag, and then lay it all out on a cookie sheet and put it in the oven and bake them at 325 for 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, they're good. <laughs> you can eat that. You can just eat those. Huh. It's almost like a crouton. Oh, they're tasty. I learned about those way, way, way back when I was at CNN. Even everywhere. No, I have not. And you always have been ahead of the curve. Um, it's so amazing. Uh, so this is going to be my uh, pitch for fundraising. Uh, oh, thank you. Hopefully some people can uh, put in. Uh, I did last week. We had a really good week. Last night, but let's keep Robin on the air, please. Thank you, Ralph and Christine and uh, Dave for today. But uh, I gotta have a show. I'm like, I don't know your program, rather. Um, I gotta have it. So there you go. <laughs> there you have it. You know, we're, we're going to make it to the 20th anniversary. Yeah, and, and then wow. uh, really need to, to have that. I, I wish I wish we were somewhere no, warm I, and we could throw a big 20th anniversary horn in. I think that would be a blast. Yeah, in the winter and oof, I, I can't imagine driving. When it gets snowy over there, you're like, oh, crap. You'd be scared oh, no, all, my, all my hopes and dreams of putting together the smoker this weekend didn't go up in smoke. They came down in rain. And then today, uh, and today we got oh, snow. Man. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch the weather very closely. And the minute the minute I get a day that I can just, oh, it needs a few hours. And then let there be barbecue. You think you could build like a small... Uh, canopy or something off the set or whatever. Uh, maybe one of those things. You got I don't know. just seems. I, I got a back patio. It's kind of nice. Keep my grills, my grill, and my uh, yeah, both my grills. Right. Well, there's a there's a front porch, but you, there's a there's a front porch, but you can't really keep the smoker there because. A, oh, yeah. the smoke would be drawn into the house and no, so I just keep it covered up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know if you had like a shed or whatever. No. Over there at the uh, Sprawley Mansion. Yes, yes, the magnificent Kincaid Mansion. 
with well, with the uh, with your jet, one of your jets and build a shed. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know, we we could possibly put a canopy up where we filled in the Olympic-sized pancreas-shaped swimming pool with concrete. That might work. I know you're not giving up your Corsa. The one, the one that exists only in my mind. No, never. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one specifically. The one I pretend I'm in every time I drive down the mountain. Painting in rainbow. Painting in rainbow. Oh no, it's pink. Oh, pink. Yes, it's okay. just a, a pale strawberry milk pink. Silly, Robert. We get to be silly. Absolutely. With this crazy, uh, absolute, money world. I didn't have a lot to say other than that. Um, you can look up the slap thing, um, uh, or or don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just your program. Um, There was one more thought I had. I'm sure I forgot. Um, all right. Some kind of co-teams and there was some other thing that was going on. Uh, we, we, no, we're still waiting. And we're still waiting for the appeals court before the Supreme Court. What the fuck? It's expedited, but it's been three weeks. Well, what do you have to decide? Pretty obvious to me. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a lawyer, and I never even pretended to be one. Right. Uh, so we just sit and wait, and you know, suck my thumb because he doesn't have immunity, correct? And it's obvious. I'm, I'm sorry, I lost you there. I do have what? Yeah, it it, it does have immunity, right? Or he, I mean, it doesn't. No. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that no. it just isn't. No, it, it, there's no civil immunity. Who, who the fuck cares if he's running? There's certainly no civil I'm immunity. Sorry, but who didn't help? Go ahead. There's certainly no civil immunity, and criminal immunity is almost unthinkable. Right. And then there's that thing, he's running for president. Who the fuck cares if he's running for president? Who cares if he works at McDonald's? You don't... He throws ketchup against the wall. I, who fucking cares? How is that, how is that even relevant? <laughs> it isn't. Now, Getting special treatment because it's a weird thing. I don't know. I don't see why. I, like I can't. I just can't let that one go. If you've got an answer, uh, or maybe some other uh, more thoughtful people than I uh, have have an answer. But I'm willing and able to listen to all your uh, next stories, <laughs> barring someone else calling in. Well, Ken, you take care of yourself. Yeah, it's, good, it's good to hear from you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Were you having trouble hearing me or just thinking? Hey, you were getting, or, no, or no. there's a delay? 
No, no, it, it, it was garbling a little bit somehow. I don't know if it was proximity to the mic of your phone or hmm. what. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll try to correct that in the future. Okay, you're good so, now. Peace out. Love you. Love right. your family. Love the family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, you take care, Ken. Bye. Everybody, Ken in Northwest PA. And uh, see how easy it is? Jump right in. Lines are open. Uh, Cowbill for Ken, courtesy of Billable Rick. Who cares if he works at McDonald's and throws ketchup against the wall? I think that was I think that was judiciously awarded, Billable. Nice work. And by the way, I mentioned could he use the sixteen million six hundred thousand Emerys and Arvelines to pay for his uh, judgment? They did address that earlier today over on MSNBC, and the prosecutor of Palm Beach County, Florida, who shows up there from time to time, uh, Dave Ehrenberg, I had a little chat with Mika about exactly that topic. Analyst Joyce Vance and State Attorney for Palm Beach County, Florida, Dave Arenberg. So, question for both of you: Can he get out of paying this by getting someone else to pay for it? Like Jared got two billion dollars from Saudi Arabia. I mean, some he has lots of rich family members. Joyce, you first. So it doesn't really matter how Donald Trump satisfies this judgment. He can get money from other places. You know, it can be $5 um, in donations from grandmas and grandpas across the country, I suppose. But the reality is, even though there will be an appeal, even though it may take some time, Donald Trump will pay every last penny of this money to E. Jean Carroll. Dave, your take? I agree with Joyce. I don't see him getting out of this. He's got to post a bond just to appeal within 30 days of the judgment. And so Jean, E. Jean Carroll will get her money at some point. He can try to get money from his supporters, but he's got to tell them what it's for. He can't say, help me with my reelection fund and then divert the money to pay off E. Jean Carroll. That would be a crime. So ultimately, I think she gets paid. Uh, and maybe friends of his will help him pay it because looming down the pike, as you mentioned, is the fact that there's even a greater judgment that he's going to face in the New York civil fraud trial where he faces up to $370 million in liability. So it's not going to get any better for the former president. Joyce, talk about what you think Donald Trump's own behavior in court uh, did during this trial. What impact it had on the final ruling from the jury? I think that's a great question because the verdict in the first trial was $5 million. You know, here we have $83.3 million. What happened? Donald Trump happened. Donald Trump continued to defame E. Jean Carroll in advance of this trial after the prior verdict and during this trial. And Robbie Kaplan, who's a very skillful lawyer, was quick to point that out to the jury throughout the trial and in closing argument. You know, I've known E. Jean Carroll for um, a long time. Those comments we heard from her before this segment started are very characteristic of who she is. And in many ways, she stands for sexual assault victims across the country. 
I think that's mm-hmm. the use that Roberta Kaplan, the lawyer, put Donald Trump's comments to in closing argument. Donald Trump had said, I've said this before, I'll say it a thousand times again in a social media post during the trial. And Robbie Kaplan said, you've got to make it stop. And that's what this jury's verdict is intended to do. So Joyce, let's get you on two other Trump related legal matters that frankly, either of them could come at any day. And one is the verdict in the civil fraud trial, also in New York, and the what punishment he may receive there. And the second is that federal appeals court in Washington, who is mulling over Trump's claim of total presidential immunity. Can you give us your best guess, if you will, as to when we'll hear about both and what they might say? So I have two straightforward answers for you, Jonathan. On Judge Angoran's ruling in the New York civil frauds case, he's told us to expect an order on Wednesday. I think we'll see it on schedule or close to it. And he'll stick to the decisions that he made before that case went to trial. I think we will see him pull the certificates of business from Trump organization, which means that they will have to stop doing real estate business in the state of New York. We'll see him order them to disgorge a significant amount of ill-gotten gains of profit attributable to the fraud, maybe not as high as New York Attorney General Letitia James has asked for, but it will be substantial. And then on the immunity issue, you know, I think like all of us, I'm just watching the time tick, um, the clock tick, wondering when we will see this ruling. It should be any day now. It will be a ruling that says that Donald Trump is not cloaked in presidential immunity for criminal acts. The real issue is whether the three panel judges will have a unanimous route that they take to get there and whether or not there will be an additional appeal before this case goes to trial. Interesting. All right. Former U.S. Attorney Joyce Vance, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Um, let's take a look at some live pictures right now of a hearing getting underway. Yeah, let's don't. Uh, they they went from that to what's his name Murdoch in South Carolina. Don't care. Uh, but uh, yeah, we use phrases here and then they come back and we hear them again. Uh, over on the view, they were talking, of course, about this judgment. Um, and by talking about, I say reveling in. And Elisa Farrah Griffin, who once worked for Donald Trump, used a phrase we put in play months, if not years ago. Hundreds and hundreds of times. I'm very interested to see this knowing Donald Trump personally. I think he's feeling like the walls are closing in. I think this was the first real consequence he's seen in some some time. Mm -hmm. I think also the fact, frankly, that Nikki Haley is actually finally going after him in a real way. You're going to see him start to spiral. And on top of that, I truly believe he's in a bit of decline. Like when you hear him talk, it is not he's never been a very eloquent, articulate person. That we know. But there is something very different. Like he's getting basic facts wrong. He's he's confusing Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. saying he's running against Obama. This is not a man who is doing well, and I think that he can't. I think that we're going to see more of that, and it's going to help in the voter booth. The walls are closing in. And did you notice the audience laughing? Yeah, he reminds me of the old uh, 
uh, the old priest or father superior or whatever in the name of the rose. No spoilers. Let's just say he hated laughter. They're laughing at you, Donald. They're laughing at you. And Joe Biden, for all that they say about all that the maggots and likes say about him being too old and can hardly put a coherent speech together, sentence together. Well, President Biden was in South Carolina over the weekend and he blistered the hide off of Tangerine Tiberius. Took him to task for being afraid to go out in the rain to a cemetery where there lie buried young men from over a hundred years ago who never came back from the Great War and called him a loser. He's using that a lot. It's really, uh, it, Biden is really getting under his skin. He's a loser. And he is. He hasn't won the popular vote yet. I mean, that's why he tried to steal the election, for heaven's sakes. And just a quick aside, we have uh, new in from the man seeking to be the dumbest member of the United States Senate. I'm speaking, of course, about Tommy the Tuber. With the announcement of three killed and 30 injured in a drone attack. And there was apparently some confusion as to the drone, and that's how it got through. Tommy the Tuber said, I don't know who who's running our country. And that somehow Joe Biden should be prosecuted? Because uh, if you don't make a decision and let them know where you stand, which Iran doesn't know where we stand because we kind of ride the fence. <sighs> We're riding the fence, are we? Now, this is, this is, this is contemporaneously with... President Biden saying, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to strike back and we're going to do it on our terms and it'll be a target and a time of our choosing." But Tommy the Tuber said, "Well, same thing is going on in Israel right now. A lot of this is happening cuz it's taking the pressure off what Israel's doing." I think Joe Biden probably likes that. All the things happening here in our country, the border, Joe Biden criminally possibly could be looking at a court case in the very near future. All this, that is taking the light off what is going on here. And then speaking to Newsmuck, uh, the tuber said, eh, Joe Biden will probably go out and bomb some small farm somewhere around Syria. It won't make any difference, just like they did in Yemen. I mean, we bombed places that had been bombed 10 years ago. So it's just a policy that they have. They're scared to death they will upset Iran because money somehow, some way, they're making it back to somebody in the new 90 states, and I don't know where it's coming from or who's getting this money. God Almighty. 
how do you how do you how do you how do you cram that much stupid into a single paragraph? And by the way, Tommy the Tuber's a football coach. We should all remi- remember, and that's just like being a general. Just like it. Then the dumbass said, well, "This country is running on autopilot. There's no leadership." Well, how nobody in Washington, D.C. that has a steering wheel that says this is the direction we're going to go. Oh, no, who's running our country, to be honest with you. It's getting to be a very serious situation where everybody's looking around going, well, who's going to make this decision? Republicans aren't going to make the decision. Tom Cotton said he'd like to do that. Lindsey Graham, we have no say, so it's all Democrats all making these decisions and look the mess we in. Well, you know, if we are in a mess... It might be a little less so if that fuckwit hadn't held up so damn many promotions of the top brass of the United States military. But Tommy the Tuba, well, I made up some stuff about my daddy winning the Bronze Star and whatnot, and I knows all about the military. Yes. Now, there, there is one other uh, there's one other story that I noticed on Friday. And it, too, has an angle. that goes directly to Nitwit Nero. And it has to do... (laughs) Tommy, can you hear me? Jeremy in Vermont. All vehicles still have steering wheels, even under autopilot. Shockingly, this includes planes and such. Yes. Jesus, take the wheel! Stephen, New York, question. Is Tommy the Tuber the Alina Habana 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 of Senators, or is she the Tommy the Tuber of Lawyers? Oh. That's a difficult one, Steve. I'm thinking they're both the Donald Trump of dipshits. But this last this this last uh, little uh, okay, it's more in Monday. It's uh, here's another more instant story before we go to that. I presume most of us I, I know uh, we don't like to do niffle talk. That's niffle N I F F L E N F L here because people just go but some of us watched the games yesterday I did very happy Niners fans out there Uh, dejected but still proud of the job they did Lions fans out there Ravens fans who were just like what the hell was that 
and some happy Chiefs fans, and as a result of, well, the Chiefs' victory, some terribly, terribly unhappy maggot babies. I saw a meme earlier today that said, a baby elephant is 250 pounds when it's born, making it the biggest baby on earth, biggest babies of making elephants the biggest babies on earth, except for people who get upset about Taylor Swift going to a football game. Now, prior, uh, testicle toasting Tokyo Rose Carlson has said that he would unalive himself if the Chiefs won and Taylor Swift became more popular. And they're 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 just gone. They're they've let they've left the building. These these maggots. They are the epitome of what Carl Sagan was talking about in the late in, in the mid nineties in his book The Demon Haunted World. In specifically that regard. These maggots can't simply live in the world and accept that things happen and people do things. There always has to be some sort of overarching conspiracy, bruga, bruga, bruga. And so now the latest one is that the Super Bowl is rigged. It'll be played February 11th in Las Vegas. I'm still not okay with that. Um, so the Super Bowl is rigged to prop up the endorsement of Taylor Swift of President Biden. It's... almost inexpressibly dumb. Uh, an individual named Sonny Bunch at the Bulwark said, Of all the dumb things the nascent nouveau right has tried over the years, attempting to turn conservatives against the NFL is by far the dumbest. Two hot celebrities dating is a psyop culminating in the Illuminati fixing the Super Bowl, so you'll have to get vaccinated. Get people to say the dumbest shit imaginable, and they'll believe anything. And it's it, you know it's not it's not just mouth walkers and knuckle breathers uh, out there in in maggot land doing it. Uh, Vivek Rosanna Dana has spread the conspiracy. Laura Looney, who thinks that she's going to be Nitwit Nero's interim comms director if he's reelected. And, of course, the dumbest man in the entire known universe, Jack Prasobiec.
uh, Vivek Ramalama Ding Dong, said, I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially, culturally propped up couple this fall. What does that even mean? Artificially, culturally propped up couple. Uh, Who has made Taylor Swift a billionaire? Answer, the people who love Taylor Swift's music. Over at Rolling Stone, Nikki McCann Ramirez said, One must really stretch the depths of credulity to convince oneself that Swift's success isn't a result of her record-breaking songs, albums, tours, movies, and a career that has redefined the music industry, but rather a government psyop that forced her to date an NFL star and take up entertainment as a career. It's all really stupid. She seems to be a principled young woman. I saw a clip of her earlier today. She was actually talking to her mama and her daddy. And she and, and she's still a young woman. And she was justifying her decisions to her mama and her daddy. Who are worried about her because these fuckers are dangerous. Uh, you got uh, jackasses like Noam Bloom who said... Taylor Swift endorsed Biden in 2020, but, it's the, but this time it's definitely a psyop. Amazing that people buy this grift horses and ask for seconds. Grift horses? Uh, those, that, that, of course, was over on X, and that was someone's excrement. No one bloom. But Taylor Swift was uh, describing, and, and, and she said, this woman is running ads, and by this woman, I presume it's Marsha, 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 Triple X Blackburn, who's running ads about how uh, Christians are going to do blah, 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 blah in Tennessee, and she said, Mama, Daddy, I live in Tennessee, and I'm a Christian, and this is not what Tennesseans are or Christians are. And so she's going to tell the Swifties to get the hell out and vote for Joe Biden. Get busy. Campaign. Save America. And at the end of the day, it's all jealousy. I even saw one... No kidding. I mean, really. Get the hockey puck. I saw one meme that was a side-by-side screenshot one said one showed Taylor Swift being amazing and beautiful and talented and Taylor Swift and said some people say if only the right had had someone as wonderful as Taylor Swift well we already do and the, the photo on the right was of Clanny Oakley Lauren Bobblehead Boobert no really Yeah, the uh, the woman who reaches across the aisle. 
We are getting some initial impressions that, yeah, Nitwit Nero is losing it. The walls are closing in. Maggie Haberman at the New York Times reporting. I believe he's. I believe he's looked at all these court stops as part of his campaign because he's seen some political benefit from lumping them together. This was a, a civil case. Then there are the four criminal cases, but for a lot of his voters, they're indistinguishable one from the other. I do think it was a rallying cry for his base in part, but I also think this did involve a financial judgment, and I think that he thought he was going to show up and try to sell the jury, essentially. It obviously didn't work. So in talking with Wolf Blitzer, Maggie Haberman went on and said, Trump never likes parting with money, so there's no way he's happy at the moment either about the E. Jean Carroll verdict or the fact that he's going to have to pay some penalty in the civil fraud trial. Exactly what it means for his company and personal finances, we don't know, but it doesn't mean anything good. This is a lot of liquid, a lot of question about how much cash on hand Trump actually has. I don't think it's that much. Steve in New York, the Taylor Swift conspiracy... I wish Democrats were this good at politics. I know. Yeah, repulsive, isn't it? Ralph says, oh my God, Lauren Boebert compared to Taylor Swift. <laughs> and y'all, we got ten minutes to raise five bucks so that we can meet Ralph's challenge. That would be really helpful if we could. Just five bucks. Thanks to Dave and Christine for getting taking care of the first 20. And so, like I said, there's one last uh, story set. And that's this. After the program closed on Friday, as I sat here doing the upload, I often scan for stories for the next day or over the weekend. And I saw the news that Vince McMahon is out at WWE. He created the WWE. Uh, They just had some sort of royal rumble of scantily dressed huge men somewhere in Florida. Thank you, Jeremy. There's the five bucks. Thank you so much. Ralph's challenge has been met. And we are now down to uh, 11.60 to go to finish January to the good. Well, even. It's worth remembering that Vince McMahon was actually Donald Trump's entree into television. It wasn't NBC. It wasn't The Apprentice. It was wrestling. Big, burly men running around in little spandex panties and pretending to beat the shit out of each other. Probably shouldn't. Well, gotta include the kinky boots, too. And Nitwit Nero got involved with that. 
And so, in due time, there were there 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 were videos of him hitting Vince McMahon over the head with a folding chair, the usual stock in trade of professional wrestling. Anytime I see something about professional wrestling now, I think of I think of Scott's auntie. And if there's an afterlife, I hope they're sitting there watching uh, etern- eternal TV with eternal wrestling and Scott's auntie has a beer and a Chesterfield and kill him! Hit him again! Break the chair over his head! Was that Aunt Edna? But it turns out that Vince McMahon, whose wife, by the way, was a member of the Trump administration. Remember Linda McMahon? Well, he resigned Friday as executive chairman of WWE's parent company, an outfit called TKO, after he was accused of both sexual assault and trafficking. By the way, going back to the story about the Trump camp reaching out to rotted FK, see if he'd be the vice we'd just call that the Epstein ticket. Or maybe the Friends of Jeffrey ticket. Yeah, sexual assault and sex trafficking. And he quit. And it turns out that WWE, and in particular TKO, the holding company, uh, in September filed their quarterly regulatory filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission and said that, and this was September, said that Vince McMahon being on the board quote, could have adverse financial and operational impacts on our business. Now, these are the kind of filings that let, stare, that, that let shareholders know about things in the future that could affect the share value of their holdings. It's usually in regard to market forces, inflation, Wars, conflicts, price of raw materials and goods. It ain't very often that a a company says, well, we got this guy on our board and he could tank everything. Mr. McMahon's, this is a quote, Mr. McMahon's membership on our board could expose us to negative publicity and or have other adverse financial and operational impacts on our business. His membership also may result in additional scrutiny. And yet, they kept him on the board. Janelle Grant, last Thursday, filed a horrifying lawsuit. Maybe we'll go into it tomorrow or something. She worked at the HQ and said that Vince McMahon promised her a job. 
and then promised her promotions if she would sex with him. He's got a one, one, one man, one woman. I don't know if he's still married to Linda McMahon. I honestly don't care. But she went on and said, so there was that. And then he passed me around to his buddies. In his resignation statement, McMahon said, I'm resigning out of respect for the WWE universe. All that TKO would say via WWE President Nick Khan was that McMahon gave his resignation from both the executive chairmanship and board member positions. And again, this is nothing new. WWE hired outside counsel to come in and perform an audit over, among other things, $20 million that he, uh, of misappropriated corporate funds. He paid that back. And he also paid back legal fees TKO and WWE paid to investigate him. But they kept him on. Back in 2022, they said... Uh, WWE uh, takes all allegations of misconduct very seriously. He retired, and then he came back. And they let him. Uh, uh, Jeremy said, uh, Vince McMahon is just another rich white man who thought he was untouchable and until the last couple of years had been. Did you read the part about he took a shit on her head? I believe her. I tend to believe ladies who come forward with little to, to gain and lots to lose. Also, Brock Lesnar seems tied to this as well. He's a former UFC champion who got his start in the WWE. Well, that's why I said going through the lawsuit papers may be for another day. Because I assure you, we don't have time now. But God, uh, this thing was filed in uh, district court in Connecticut. Among the uh, among the people to whom she, uh, the plaintiff was trafficked, John Laurinaitis, an ex wrestler who worked in talent relations. He's also a defendant. And of course, birds of a feather, right? This is a guy who was completely A-OK with anything Nitwit Nero did, especially in the realms of sexual harassment, sexual abuse, and even rape. 
Because he was that kind of guy too. So gross. And so, so predictable. So that's the pro that's the program. More our, the last more in Monday of January twenty twenty four is in the bag. Thanks to Ralphs and Christine and Jeremy for getting us down to only eleven sixty to go to finish the month. We got two days to do that in now. Um Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors and challenge makers and challenge respondents. Thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in this little conversation, 20 years in the making, in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you. To our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Listen, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave comments here and there, reviews and the like. Boost the ratings and visibility of the program. And it takes you all to do it. It's especially easy at Podcast Republic, I'm told. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Let me mention over on Facebook, I have a birthday fundraiser up. Coal River Mountain Watch is my chosen and always has been my chosen charity. Thank you to those of you who have already responded to it. I think we're $117 of the $1,000 I'd like to raise. And this is truly grassroots stuff. This isn't supporting a lifestyle of a, an executive at a big green. This is keeping the Judy Bond Center going. Continuing the work of trying to hold these coal companies accountable and trying to end what they do to central Appalachia, something of which I've been proud to be a part. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Get your RSV vaccine. Get your pneumonia vaccine. Wear your mask, especially if you're around maggots, because they are uh, not prone to be careful about spreading diseases. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse, maintain your social distance as best you can. And if somebody comes towards you uh, whining and moaning about Taylor Swift, well, Avoid Jack Prasobiak like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.